you are listening to High TV, your place for cannabis news, insights, and information. If you're new to this podcast, you're a newbie. What's going on, newbie? Welcome to the show. Hope to see you soon. Just know when Monday morning comes and this podcast plays in your cars and your headphones, you will be the most informed person in cannabis in your circle. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. Welcome back to another episode of High TV's Cannabis News Now, where we give you cannabis news so you are informed and you know what's going on. Because if you're informed, chances are you make better decisions. So let's get right to it. Before that, I want to make sure you guys had a great week. And I want to thank you guys for listening in on last week's episode. I know I switched back to the format of doing one episode per week. But uh, I like a little change up, you know. Some days would be more content, or some weeks would be more content, and other weeks would be less content. That way we keep a variety, and, uh, you know, it makes it more interesting in my part. In any case, let's get to the news, right? So with that being said, we had some big news today. We had some states that want to enter the legalization field or flirting with the idea. Some states are not just flirting. They're actually very serious about it and even ran their campaign. Talking about governor. You know, what I'm talking about ran their campaign under the guise of legalizing cannabis. That's a funny story because it was another candidate. I forget her name. Something Nixon who uh, was the actress on Sex and the City, who had the plan to legalize cannabis in that state. And then the governor who was already running decided to take a platform and run with it. But we'll see if they will actually legalize cannabis this time. You know, we're talking about my home state. We'll get into that later. After that, we have... Whoa, what the hell was that? We have weed maps. They decided to remove 2,700 unlicensed dispensaries. We told you guys how California was not happy. It was pissed off. Right? They was upset at the fact that the black market is three times larger than the legal market in California. Now, granted, because counties have their own right in the state of California, and much like any state, they can decide whether they're going to allow cannabis to be legalized and operational in their county. And I believe there's a large number of counties in California that don't allow cannabis. So, of course, the industry is not going to be it's not a full picture, if you get what I'm saying. You know, it's not a great representation as what the market could be and what the revenue they could draw. But we'll get into that later. Next story. Uh, Last but not least, actually, we have California. Yo, this is crazy. The fact that they did this. I hope other states don't do the same. Listen to this. California lists THC and cannabis smoke as reproductive toxins. So, like, you know how, you know, guys love when women are on birth control for nefarious reasons, right? Keep this podcast professional. They say that cannabis can do the same thing or can have a negative effects on reproduction. It's a reproductive toxin to the point where they want to even put that sticker on legal cannabis products. Very interesting. I'll get into the story that's pro-cannabis for reproductive reasons, and I'll give you another story about how cannabis was negative 
in this case, in why they decided to put this on a sticker. But first, foremost, I got to start with New York, all right? New York, New York, the Empire State, the state that never sleeps, the Big Apple, all right? The place of metro trains and craziness, you know what I'm saying? The streets are dirty, but the money's clean, Wall Street, <laughs> clean with asterisk. Now, I told you guys, Andrew Cuomo ran a platform on legalizing cannabis. The issue is... When he went through his uh, term, it didn't seem like he was as serious in legalizing cannabis. Now, granted, he did make steps. I'll put it this way. It's not that Andrew Cuomo wasn't as serious. He just took precautionary measures to make sure that they legalize it in the right way. And by that, I mean he helped grow the hemp industry in New York State because they see how profitable hemp could be. In allowing places like Cornell and most mostly, you know, upstate New York, you know, like the real meat and potatoes in New York. Right. Because when everyone thinks of New York, we think of New York City. We kind of forget about this stuff further north. As a city person, I'd tell you the same. You're from Rochester. That's not New York. That's Canada. But realistically, that's where a lot of the hemp in New York state is growing. And so seeing the evidence of him deciding to be so pro hemp it kind of gave light towards the plausibility of him also being pro-cannabis. I mean, he ran his campaign on it after all. So we saw him even implement things where he had public forum or private meetings where he would discuss things with leaders in the community to see how legalization could help them, how they can interact with it, and how it can better, off, or how it can better affect the state overall. And uh, that way, I respect it because not like he's going to rush into something and then they have to go ahead and make amendments and it's going to be a whole other process. If New York is going to do legalization, they want to do it right. I mean, they have the framework already laid out in front of them. Other states and even the country of Canada has the blueprint as to how they did it. And they could pick and choose, distill the best practices, throw away the worst and have New York State being a leader in cannabis. So let me go ahead and read the story off for you guys, and I'll get back into my views on it. So, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo pushed for cannabis legalization during his 2020 State of the Address this last Wednesday, or this Wednesday, rather, depending when you listen on it. New York faces a $6 billion budget shortfall, and during his speech, Cuomo indicated cannabis-derived revenues get this, would bring in $300 million a year in tax revenues. That's a whole, that's 300 million reasons legalized cannabis for his sake. But he even dives deeper into it, but I'll tell you why it's so intriguing for them to enter in. You know, New York is, is, a, is a heart and soul of commerce in America. Wall Street, that's where all business, not all business, but majority of businesses are, is conducted in this country. It goes through New York. So why not add a large and fast-growing industry and have it in your backyard? Reap the benefits of capitalism, which New York does the best of. So to continue on, BDS Analytics and ACVIEW Market Research estimates New York as a $1.6 billion cannabis market in 2024. Brightfield Group suggests that if the state were to legalize cannabis in 2021, it could be the nation's second, number two, deuce, deuce, second largest cannabis industry at $2.2 billion in sales by 2023. So in its first year, it is 
is predicting or estimating is going to make 1.6 billion. All right. And by three years time, we're going to see it make 2.2 billion dollars. Now, granted, New York could have the same issues that California and Canada's having alike, where they use already had statistics on the population, where they live, what what are they what are their possible consumption of cannabis, and make projections as to how much money could theoretically be made. Right. The only issue is with these estimates, they're like these Forbes projections on people's salaries and what they're really worth. Are they really worth a billion dollars or a hundred million dollars? I mean, if you ask them personally, you're going to say, I don't have a hundred million dollars in the bank. I don't know what to tell you. You know, Forbes does this prediction. I'm happy for it. At least I'm on the list. A good one. And the same thing happens in the cannabis industry where they do these projections on how much money they can possibly make. The investors salivate over the possibility of being a part of that as the economic growth and, and explosion. And then when push comes to shove in reality, you know, not in estimation and, and future prediction, but in reality, the numbers don't quite add up. You know, that's why we're seeing massive layoffs across the cannabis industry. MedMen, Canopy. List goes on and on. High times. I mean, you're seeing it. Now, high times might not be directly related to this example. Probably a bad use of that example. But you guys understand what I'm saying. The numbers are inflated. People were excited and they're not so happy when the reality hits. In my honest opinion, it's like buying a stock where you really believe in a company. If I'm an investor and I'm investing as a venture capitalist into a cannabis business... Um, and, and a brand new industry for that matter and understanding how many people in the country enjoy cannabis. I know that the numbers and the money is not going to come back as fast and expedient as once thought due to the excitement of the, in the uh, new industry coming about. It's like, buy, all right, it's like believing in a company, buying a stock. Let's say it's Tesla. All right. Tesla's a company I believed in since I heard its existence, even when they had the Lotus, I was impressed by the fact that a person decided not only to make his own car company, but make it electric. And then once you saw all the thought and, and, and engineering and ingenuity that went into making that car, the, the, the technology, <clears throat> autonomous driving, you know, the list goes on and on. I believe in that company. Buy this, bought the stock. Stock was doing okay. The stock really, really fell. Right. Really fell. Wasn't doing well at all. And of course, people don't like Elon. There's a lot of shorters. Long story short, the people who stuck through Tesla are seeing the returns tenfold, not tenfold mathematically, but just facetiously speaking, they're seeing their investment pay off. And I think the same thing is going to happen in the cannabis industry. Those investors who rode the bloody waves of having all the stocks go down, who decided to go through the tumultuous times of seeing their money dwindle are going to ultimately win in the end once they hold on to it. It's kind of like when you have cryptocurrency, HODL, hold on for dear life. Those companies who hold on for dear life and aren't pulling their money from the investment and, and are sticking strong are going to see those returns in the future because we know that cannabis is not going anywhere. Cannabis is only going to grow. And as the general public gets more educated on the fact that it's not a bad thing for your health, it's actually something that can help you. It is not something negatively socially. It's just a, it's just the same as liquor. There's going to be a lot of winners in this, you know, and to be honest. That's why, in my opinion, New York is looking to do this because they see the industry at hand. And as Cuomo stated, 
as I'm going to read off for you. Quote by Cuomo says, For decades, communities of color were disproportionately affected by the unequal enforcement of marijuana laws. Preach! Let's legalize use of marijuana. Now, that was very general and very politician statement, a political statement. But still, what he said is true. And that leads me to believe that Andrew Cuomo would now go ahead and decide when he does legalize to include, you know, in the back of his mind, somewhere in the in the bills that's, that's being written, programs that will help people of minority, black and brown individuals to enter the industry and that's beautiful. That's that's what we're that's what I was speaking of in that people of color versus cannabis industry. In every state, you need millions of dollars to enter the industry. So if you can waive the barrier of entry for these people who were persecuted and families affected by the war on drugs, now that's being legalized, allow them to use the experience they have in the industry. So not only is New York City or New York, I should say most likely going to get legalization by the end of 2020, if not early 2021. They're also going to, in my opinion, because New York City is such... New York City, for that matter, not New York State, but New York City has such a predominance of minorities that it's only right that they do this. So much of your money and so much of the voters, I should say, are are minorities. So many of the tax revenue generated come from minorities. So it only makes sense to keep them in considerations when passing the laws. Now, granted, I myself, others included, weren't too easy on Andrew Cuomo. We're like, yo, Drew, you said he was going to legalize cannabis next year. We ain't see nada. What's happening over here? He's like, I'm trying my best. I don't know what to do. I'm taking my time and I'm doing it on my time. Okay, you just have to wait. That's what Cuomo said, really. He just said, I'm going to legalize cannabis, but I'm going to take my time and look through every possible avenue, which I cannot fault the man for doing. There's nothing wrong with being diligent and there's nothing wrong with doing the right thing. And especially when you're doing it correctly and avoiding mistakes. Will it be perfect? Probably not. But would it be better now that he's taking these precautionary measures, met with the certain groups, you know, hearing voices or hearing the voice of the public, you know, spew their opinion on what they think legalization should look like. And even publicly talking about the social equity issue in the industry. It's big. It's big for him, honestly. So continue on with the stories. I know I said I was going to read it off, but I don't, I, don't, I don't like reading long form and then then jumping into it. I like to just give you my raw, visceral opinion right afterwards. Anyway, so Cuomo's office promised any legalization proposal would, quote unquote, administer social equity licensing opportunities to develop an egalitarian adult use market structure and facilitate market entry through access to to capital, technical assistance and incubation of equity entrepreneurs. So he's not just blowing smoke. All right, he's not just capping right now for you young folks listening. Even though I'm a young person too, but still, I don't use the word cap. But you understand, he's not capping here, right? He's not bullshitting. He actually has things in place to help them. I'm going to read again. Cuomo's office promised any legalization proposal would administer social equity licensing opportunities. They're getting licenses, okay, to operate in business, develop an an, egalitarian adult use market structure, and facilitate market entry through access to capital, technical assistance, and incubation for equity entrepreneurs that's amazing because here's the he he was here whoa 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 all right slow down killer slow down don't bite your tongue off 
<laughs> Talking too fast, my own good head. But listen, that was a huge issue that was happening in California where they had these social equity programs. They would give these people millions of dollars to at least get the licensing, get the, you know, things that they need to operate in business. However, to operate in business, you have much more cost than just the cost of entry. You know what I'm saying? It's like they gave them the, the money to go into the club, but they can't buy any drinks. You know what I'm saying? They can't buy any food. They can't they can't do anything. They're literally just sitting there, right, looking at all the fun that's being had around them, and they can't participate. And that's what I mean by him being diligent and understanding the blueprint of other states and taking the right measures to it. Because not only is uh, are they getting licenses, they're getting uh, 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 access to capital. Not oh, excuse me. Not, they're getting access to capital in the form of they would be able to get money to operate businesses, not just get a barrier of entry, not just, you know, bypass the application fee, you know, not just do these little frivolous things that can, you know, help you along your track, but not really help you be in business. It most likely is like, yeah, see, we're trying to help. You know, we're not really putting them in the industry, but at least we're trying. It's almost like what California did with the old sex social equity programs. You know, when you had like your sibling, I know you guys out there, we used to play like N64, PS3, all these little games when we were younger, right? Imagine playing a console game. Your mom says, hey, let your little brother play. Let your little sister play. You're like, oh, mom, I don't want to. Okay, okay. You get, the <laughs> you get the controller, right? You put the little connected piece of the console underneath the console, and then you hand them the, uh, the controller. They're not doing anything. They're not really playing, but at least they're there, and they feel like they're actually participating in the fun. That's exactly what a lot of prior social equity programs, in my opinion, was doing. And I hope that this New York City mandate will change that. And by reading what I just read, that's what it sounds like it's going to be. So will it be like that? Only time will tell. And of course, as always, at Cannabis News Now High TV, we're going to let you guys know the 411 if they're following through on the words. So some closing, closing arguments. The governor also plans on creating a global cannabis and hemp center for science. Wow. A Global Cannabis and Hemp Center for Science, GCHCS. Research and education with the State University of New York and other expert partners. This is huge. Like, as someone like myself who has a biology and background, has a biology and background, yo, get some sleep, does. As a person who has a background <laughs> in biology, having an opportunity to hop on to the science aspect of cannabis is something that I would love to enjoy because not only have I gotten this knowledge to understand, you know, plant biology or understand this and the third, but I can apply that to something I love like cannabis. And so the fact that they're going to open this up at universities and, and other and, and other places is a godsend because you need STEM field in, in cannabis for it to grow. Now, granted, some people are really upset over the fact that we have uh, something like CRISPR. For, for those of you who don't, who don't know, CRISPR is a gene editing tool where it has the ability to, you know, go into your body, uh, cut and splice DNA, in order, and base, so it goes, I want to explain the whole fucking technological process, or not the whole technical process, rather. So CRISPR is used in genetic modification, right? GMOs use CRISPR. And you can take out certain traits and put in certain traits to get certain things like a higher yield of your plant. So naturally, if agriculture, agriculturalist, whoa, Naturally, if people in agriculture are using CRISPR in order to have higher yields, have plants that are, 
resistant towards pests, towards uh, pests and other things that may cause it to get sick and die. Cannabis is doing the same thing. We're having GMO cannabis rampantly. Now, a lot of people are against GMO foods because our bodies are naturally meant to eat natural foods, not GMO cracked up steroid corn, even though we eat it every day. And we're seeing much more and new diseases arise because of our diet. People are worried what will happen when cannabis is doing the same thing. So yes, I'm for this, you know, research in hemp and biology. And I'm one, just to put on record, I'm for at least the using science as a tool to improve cannabis overall. Because not all the science applied is going to be bad. And I know, I know a lot of people who aren't, you know, care about, don't care about science and see if science is used to create profit. It's always going to be bad, which in a lot of cases, yeah. And in the GMOs, we're seeing the same thing, right? The GMOs aren't really healthy for us. But who knows? Who knows what they could do? So you probably even create a better, I don't know. My argument there isn't strong enough for me to put it on record and put it on wax. But I am for science use in the cannabis industry. As for GMO cannabis, it sounds bad, but I'm not one to hear others' words and automatically just follow suit in, in, in feeling. You know, I want to make sure I do my due diligence to know what's going on. Is it really that bad for you? You know, having your your cannabis plant be genetically modified for whatever reason to express certain traits like terpenes and things of that nature that are biological terpenes. You know, it's not, it's not like you're inhaling those fake, fake cleaning product terpenes. These are real terpenes. But... Nonetheless, it's not about that topic. It's just overall what New York is doing is is pretty commendable. I mean, he flirted around, flirted around the idea once. We'll see if he do it again. And like I said, this guy has 2.2 billion reasons why he's going to legalize cannabis for the state and has 300 million reasons why he's going to legalize it for his own government to use the taxes. All right. So moving on. Tennessee in lesser news. No, no shade to Tennessee, but it's Tennessee. Like what's what's in Tennessee? Like rock and roll? Isn't that Memphis? Anyway, so Tennessee, lesser news. In lesser news, Tennessee state senator offers a bill to legalize medical marijuana. Medical, not recreational. Ten, a Tennessee state senator has reintroduced legalization to legalize the use, cultivation, and sale of medical cannabis in the state. I mean, huge, of course, of course. I mean, soon enough, we're going to, I think, if we're going to have countrywide legalization, it's probably going to be medical marijuana first. Because most states have medical marijuana legalization if they don't have recreational use. And the fact that Tennessee is going to add it on is showing that even in conservative areas, we're seeing a change in ideal towards cannabis because it really can help people. Even if you're just taking CBD, it can really help you. So shout out to everybody in Tennessee who are going through, you know, experiences with their health that cannabis can help. Very articulate. <laughs> shout out to people in Tennessee who are going through these ailments that are looking for the benefits that cannabis can provide. And now that it is proposed to be medically legalized, hopefully you guys get it passed and hopefully you can improve your life just that much better. One doobie at a time. All right, so let's get into weed maps. Weed maps. We all know what weed maps is. Great idea, you know? Open up an app, go on a website, find the nearest dispensary near you. Great idea. But what they expanded into was quite amazing and uh, quite commendable. Weed maps had an initiatives to make sure that they were available in all 50 states. You know, whether you're medical marijuana whether you're not legal or whether you are legal. And most of the time, a lot of the illegal 
weed map listings were making more money than illegal shops. You know, and when we told you guys that California was pissed off to the bone, all right, their face was red and steam was coming out their ears when they found out that the black market is three times larger than it is. How do you think they're going to respond? Do you think they're going to respond with uh, with kindness and, and, and I don't even know. With, they're not going to respond in a calm way, all right? They, they're going to put their foot down on the neck of the black industry and any, in the black industry. Whoa. In the black market, any way they can. That sounds very racially uh, pressured there. But um, so what was their plan? So their first plan was to, I believe, put a lawsuit on the table for weed maps, indicating if they don't remove illegal businesses from weed maps, then they would uh, face a class action lawsuit and they would get in some deep trouble. And so Weed Maps clearly likes to keep his business alive, so it decided to remove 2,700 unlicensed dispensaries on the platform. Now, mind you, here's what was happening. And even people who weren't even from California, let's say you're from West Virginia, you love cannabis so much and you have some type of business acumen and understanding of the techn technological space, you decide, hey, buddy, it's a good idea for me to go to California and start a delivery company. A delivery company? You mean like pizza? Yeah, just like pizza, just deliver weed on weed maps. They fly over to California, they go on weed maps. They make their brand, make their logo, buy their product, however they buy their product, and they'll deliver the product directly to your door or wherever, wherever the hell you are. And these delivery services, even though it was very stiff competition because everybody was doing it, they were making money because it's almost like having a dispensary without paying all these other fees it took to be legalized. And so it bolstered and grew the black market even stronger to have a platform like Weed Maps operate. And so it's a sad day. It's a sad day because a lot of people who, you know, even though they're black market uh, cannabis business people, they were putting food on, food on the table for their family. You know, they were, I mean, that's their, that's their life. That's not, not their lifestyle. That's their living. That's how they make their living was, you know, through Weed Maps and they're all, taken away in just that day. I mean, now we're seeing helicopters fly over so many more grows that are illegal now in California. We're seeing shops get raided left and right. You know, we're seeing 30-odd people just in the streets in handcuffs. We like Apparently, if you're in a shop, shopping at an illegal store, right, illegal cannabis dispensary, and they get raided while you're in there, you could get yourself in trouble too and at least handcuffed for the moment. You know, obviously you're not going to, you know, keep you in jail for that long time because you're conducting illegal activities. But the fact of the matter is they're going to see you as an accomplice to the illegal activity and arrest you accordingly, you know. But uh, listen, man, California, California is desperate. All right. California is desperate. They're doing what they have to do and they have to do this. I'm sorry to be the bad barrier news, but just to be objective and not be so gung ho, man, like fuck the man, man. No, just to be a little unbiased here, logically speaking, if I'm running a state, all right, I'm the state government. I'm a collection of individuals that are brought together on a bureaucratic level to take care of what we got to take care of, which is the state of California. If I see that the black market is three times larger than what our taxes are producing, what our revenue is as a state overall legally, that's a problem because now you have these businesses who maybe helped us get into our position in, 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 in politics coming at our necks. Now we don't have enough revenue that we planned for, so we have to go ahead and argue again to redistribute the wealth or redistribute the taxes, I should say. And it's a bigger ordeal. So you're going to figure out ways to boost 
licenses in the state, excuse me, legal licenses to boost their amount of sales. If they're not selling, then we're not making money on taxes. If they're not selling, the black market grows. If they're not selling, in their mind, criminality increases and we have more vape gate like scandals. So the story reads as this. Weed Maps has reportedly removed about 2,700 illegally operating cannabis dispensaries from its site since the start of the year. According to a Southern California news group report, the company announced in August that it would no longer accept listings from unlicensed businesses after California regulators sent the firm a cease and desist to stop advertising legal operations. Sorry about that, a little sick. Jackie McGowan, a cannabis consultant who's tracked Weed Maps, Weed Maps listings for two years, said that some businesses, wow, she said, she said, she sure, she said that some businesses are even entering legal cannabis numbers that are, entering legal cannabis license numbers that are poaching from real licenses. That quote is... I hate when I read an article and it's not written well. Basically, they're saying that some of these cannabis businesses on Weed Maps are making so much money in their area, they're poaching from legal cannabis businesses in that same area. And naturally, that's going to happen. Bro, if you're taxing somebody 30-odd percent on their cannabis and they're not getting the hookup from their dealer, man, like these people on Weed Maps were basically just... They're plugs. They're drug dealers. They're like our boy down the street. I got the fire weed. You feel me? He got the sour diesel. He got the new blue dream. I sound like a, a smoker from the last decade. Blue dream and sour diesel. Everybody is smoking the wedding cake. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's having the Mac one. It's new strains now. You feel me? The cookies, the Girl Scouts. But uh, nonetheless, the weed maps operated like they were your boy. They operated like they were going to hook you up. They weren't just a corporate cannabis businesses. They made sure they took care of their customers. And it's sad for me to see them go just as a fellow entrepreneur, supporting entrepreneurs, seeing people put their neck out there and then finally see the guillotine drop and their neck got cut off. Sad to see. But it, it had to be done in California's eyes. You know, you can't have the black market stronger than the legal market because it's, it makes them seem like a joke of a government. And it's crazy. If you go on Blacklist XYZ on IG, you're seeing the amount of raids happening on his story. You're seeing the amount of helicopters fly over by. You're seeing all these shops get shut down. They even implemented a 30... I'll read it off for you. I'll read it off for you. A law passed last year that allowed California regulators to impose a 30000 per day fine for each violation by a company advertising illegal cannabis companies. Now, granted, Weed Maps was not the only company to do this. There were other companies doing the same exact thing. So in order to stop that, they said, we're going to give you a fine of $30,000 per day. How much is that per month? Can you imagine getting $30,000 fine per month? Like you couldn't shut down your business, your, you know, your weed maps like listing in a month. Imagine getting charged that in fines. All right, that's a million dollars a month you could possibly lose. That's 30,000 times 30 days in a month. That is crazy, 900,000. It's crazy, but that's what California sees has to be done. So I don't like it, but I understand it. Still don't like it. You know, but anyway, hope you guys enjoyed learning about the New York about to legalize cannabis, the New York. Lord have mercy. Talk about bad writers, bad speaking, my guy. But anyway, talk about New York City looking to legalize 
cannabis overall. Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York State, looking to go ahead and do this, get it done finally, not just blow smoke and talk about it, but always the fact that he took his time to do the right thing and take care of those who were hurt from cannabis illegal nature or illegal, illegal, or illegal, illegal nature in the past. Also, Tennessee decides to legalize or is thinking about legalizing cannabis for medical marijuana use. And last but not least, Weed Maps just did a big chop. All right. They cut their hair off. They colored it a new color. You know, they're a brand new girl now after this breakup with the black list, <laughs> the black, the, the black industry. Oh, man, the black market industry. You know, shorties get broken up with and they like cut their hair off, change the hair color. Now they're a brand new woman. I'm like, damn, what type of trauma did you go to? <laughs> you know? But that's what we maps is, you know, they, they, they want to start anew. They want to move on. They want to be, they want to start anew. They want to forget about the past. I'm sure they don't want to forget, forget about the past because they're probably losing a, a lot of money, you know, from losing 2,700 listings on WeedMap. But nonetheless, it had to be done from a political standpoint and an economic standpoint for the, for the state of Florida. If you care about the state of Florida and the infrastructure, or if you care towards cannabis, this is an outright uh, tragedy of capitalism but hey it is what it is so after the break we're going to talk to you more about why california thinks that cannabis is a reproductive toxin we already heard how cbd is going to make your ball shrink now thc is bad for reproduction come on now come on see you after the break Aren't you tired of smoking these hemp cigarettes that have nothing but seeds and stem in them? Like they're literally made with biomass. So for that reason, this podcast is brought to you by 1606 Original Hemp. All right. They're 100% tobacco free, 100% nicotine free, and you can find them at 1606hemp.com. Now, I decided to live with the product a while before I reviewed it and before I decided to go ahead and put it on and as our sponsor and i gotta say good things i mean it, it tastes good i felt the cbd in the product and most of all it didn't have that nasty aftertaste that comes from smoking stems and seeds i'm not gonna name the other brands that have that but you know exactly what i'm talking about so if you're tired of smoking those brands that just taste funny and they're not good they're dry go ahead and try some 1606 original hemp made with flour you're gonna see it on my instagram this week and you can check them out at 1606hemp.com now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Missed you guys. May have been gone too long. So for this last story, we're going to dive into the debauchery that is California listing THC and cannabis smoke as reproductive toxins. Here it is. So California officials have updated the parameters of the Proposition 65 bill to include cannabis smoke and THC as reproductive toxins that will require warning labels on all packaging, similar to uh, similar to the uh, general what's it called general warning on cigarette boxes, Surgeon General Warning. Cannabis smoke has been listed as a Prop 65 carcinogen since 2009. Did not know that. THC is a new addition. The OEHHA's Science Advisory Board Developmental and Reproductive Toxin or Toxicant Identification Committee as the state's qualified experts in all those reproductive toxins voted in support of listing cannabis as a reproductive toxins in December, which 
is based on their conclusion that cannabis smoke and THC have shown to cause reproductive toxicity based on the developmental endpoint. Hmm. The agency said in its January 3rd policy announcement. Now, last but not least, in the report backing the listing, the agency points to seven studies that link cannabis to adverse postnatal growth, 11 studies linking cannabis to higher postnatal mortality rates, wow, and 27 studies that examined association between cannabis use by mothers and low birth weight, 18 studies that failed to find a link between cannabis and gestational age, and 19 studies that found mixed results linking cannabis use to preterm birth. 13 of those studies did not report significant association between the two. So even in their study, it wasn't definitive. It wasn't a clear knockout the park home run. This is what's happening. Experiments are meant to be redone in order to get better results or estimation as to what cause and effect you're assessing. And the cause and effect they were assessing was what are the negative aspects of mothers who ingest cannabis. Especially now that it's legalized, something like this is important. Because as you saw in the Vice News uh, episode that got taken off of YouTube because of so many negative comments and reporting, it was moms with weed. And it was basically pregnant women who were in a special group. You know, like they have AA groups. So this is a group of pregnant moms smoking cannabis with babies in their belly. And uh, the story goes, she was having almost violent, deathly, even bloody vomiting spouts, or whatever you want to call it, vomiting episodes to the point where the doctor said that this thing could possibly kill her. So she found out that by taking in cannabis, it was the one thing that helped her controlling her nausea. And she had the baby. The baby was perfect in health. You know, it wasn't mentally slow. He was, I think they said that he was, almost advanced in certain things and other things uh the memory the memory of the video isn't too fresh in my mind but i remember she did smoke cannabis while she was pregnant and there weren't any noticeable uh birth defects with the child as it developed and i believe they followed the, the kid up to like two three years old i mean a kid like four years old coloring coloring stuff but the video got so much backlash because so many individuals were saying, how could you smoke with, how could you smoke cannabis with a baby in your stomach? Are you crazy? You're a bad mother. You're a crazy pothead. You're horrible. I can't believe what you did. Get this woman off of YouTube. Delete this video so other moms don't do it. It was the most craziest, craziest response I've seen from a Vice News special yet. And it's so crazy that you have to find the video on Vice's, I believe, website. They still have it up even because people are so upset. It was a great documentary. It gave me insight as to why women may use, you know, cannabis while pregnant. And even shortly after the the baby is born, because when women, some women, for that matter, when they have children, they get into post-mortem depression. And one way to fight depression is with cannabis. So and they were saying that was a issue because if you're ingesting cannabis and breastfeeding the baby, technically you're passing that chemical on to your child. And I mean, there were debates on it. And so I'm, I read you what their study said. I'm going to read it one more time to refresh your mind before I give you this example of a study done in Jamaica testing Rastafarian mothers who, as you know, Rastafarians smoke weed as a part of the religion. Mothers who was smoking while having babies and what the results were. So in their report, 
Backing the listing, the agency points to seven studies that link cannabis to adverse postnatal growth. Eleven of those studies link cannabis to higher postnatal mortality rates. Twenty-seven studies that examine association between cause and effect by mothers and low birth weight. Eighteen studies failed to find a link between cannabis and gestational age. And 19 studies found mixed results linking cannabis to preterm birth. So the factors that they're looking at are the, mot- the mortality rates, all right? They looked at the low birth rate, and they tried to see if there was a link between cannabis and gestational age. Interesting. So keep that in your mind. I uh, don't remember the year, but it was last century, right, in the 1900s. I uh, believe it was around the 1960s, probably around the hippie movement time, right? That's the 60s, I believe. They did studies on women in Jamaica who were pregnant and smoke weed while they're pregnant. And they're amazed to see that this was done so openly because I believe smoking cigarettes when you're pregnant was just not a sick, it was the eighties smoking cigarettes while pregnant was just seen as a negative thing to do because it can impact the child, which it did. And they found that the children who were born of the mothers who uh, ingested cannabis, they showed a larger birth rate, not a lower birth rate, but a larger birth rate or birth weight, rather, and they showed that they had some uh, developmental advances compared to babies who did not have their parents ingest cannabis while they were in the stomach. I mean, like I said, the study, people could say that it was biased, it was done in Jamaica, you know, on Rastafarians, it could be just done to promote cannabis, but that study made sense as to what they were saying. They were saying that uh, endocannabinoids had an effect on the development of the fetus's brain so that endocannabinoids are you know you know cbd helps with building brain cells and neurogenesis and they were surmising theorizing that the addition of endocannabinoids in the system at that early early age of life would cause uh an excess in the endocannabinoid system being triggered and therefore boosting neuroplasticity which how can neuroplasticity be even faster when you're in when you're a baby like that's the most neuroplastic you ever going to be but i digress they were theorizing that that's what the cause was that it was something in cannabis endocannabinoids were causing the brains to develop slightly faster than the rest is it largely faster no but slightly faster a slightly a slight increase in the data in the babies and they did the test i think the test was the one with the babies to see how their head movements were how they learn certain things quickly you know the the test with the eyes if they're like a an intelligent baby is able to follow like a pen cap with his eyes you know as a sign of intel listen i'm not into that part of biology when it comes to the babies being born OBGYN postnatal terms and whatnot but based on the study I read that was quite interesting for me to find so it was surprising for me to see why you know California wants to include this as a reproductive toxin and as mentioned CBD study came out where they tested they tested mice gave him a shitload of CBD and they were surprised to find that his testicles his testicle strength he produced less sperm and he had liver and gastrointestinal issues of course he did he or she the mice or mouse had those issues when you're giving him 108 kilos of cannabis of CBD rather if they're a human right Anyway, I get I get they're trying to protect the people and that's fine. You always want to be responsible, especially as a government, to make sure your people are safe and they know what they're getting themselves into. But we need much more cannabis studies. That's why what Andrew Cuomo is doing, as mentioned at the first half of the episode, is so paramount. 
so paramount and so important. We're going to have people literally studying cannabis, trying to find the ins and outs of everything possible that can affect humans positively or can affect them negatively. So now we know what exactly we're ingesting, you know, because there's times we smoke cannabis. We get it from our weed, man. We don't know what strain it is. We don't know who grew it. We don't know what growing tactics were used. Were they using Eagle 2020, which is a carcinogen and illegal in California to use as a pesticide? We have no clue. So adding science in the STEM field into this industry is only going to do it better. It's only going to improve the quality of cannabis. It's only going to improve the, the, the health risks or lack thereof that we may face when enduring cannabis. And uh, if California wants to go ahead and mark this as a reproductive toxin, go ahead. I'm sure it's not going to stop anybody from smoking cannabis. And, I'm, and for, that, for what I know, I know a lot of people who smoke weed. And they have lots of children. I know some, I don't know a lot. I don't know some. I've heard, a friend of a friend has told me that their sister has ingested cannabis while they're pregnant and the baby is fine. Nothing wrong with the baby at all. Perfectly normal like every other child. No negative aspects or, or no negative impacts, I should say. So I guess I guess it's it's subjective, and who knows what uh what what they use to even determine that? Did they use a rat or a mouse in this experiment as well to see if that was what caused it? I would like to do more research and find out more about this topic and actually read the study for myself, so I know the ins and outs to see if this if this story is even worth giving energy to. Because sometimes you hear this thing, it causes a raised eyebrow, and you think to myself, they already got a carcinogen sticker on weed products. Who cares if it has a reproductive toxin? We ain't trying to have more babies anyway. Right, the parents that got like three, four kids, they can't, they, they can't handle it. They just watched that movie with uh, Steve Carell. Was it Steve Carell? Steve Carell had like twelve kids. Yeah, they watched that one. Yo, cheaper, but cheaper about a dozen. <laughs> Imagine a couple. They got four kids already. They're already stressed out. They're buying food all the time. They're hearing laughter, running up and down the house, trying to remember everybody's names and personalities. And then you watch the movie like cheaper, cheaper about a dozen. I guarantee you that wife is look, looking over at her husband and saying, "You're gonna have to get a vasectomy right now because we're not." having that <laughs> you know what i'm saying and he's gonna come back and say no what no babe i got the weed it's a reproductive toxin we're not gonna have more babies and guess what's gonna happen nine months later <laughs> mary jane will be born anyway man that has been this week's episode uh, I know the second half was a bit shorter, but we kind of don't want to give you guys super, super long episodes. We want to respect your time. Some of you guys are listening to us, whether you're at work, you're driving in your car, or whenever you're listening to us, maybe doing laundry. Shout out to you doing your laundry. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you fold your clothes right after you take it out. All right, don't just do your laundry, take it out the dryer, you know what I'm saying, and then just stuff it. No, fold it and put it away right after. Because I think we all have that bad habit, right? Doing our laundry, doing the dryer, and maybe taking some time before it goes the way it's supposed to go. Because we got other shit to do? No. If you listen to this podcast, you're part of High Fam. We draw our clothes. We put it right away afterwards. <laughs> Mad random. Anyway, y'all, stay tuned. Stay high. High TV.